Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I am not a crusty crab. Ah, man, what is up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Hard Rock Lunchbox. And, of course, the top 20, if you're watching on Strangerhood TV and on YouTube. Uh, it is uh, approximately noon on uh, September 28th, 2023. How is everybody doing? Uh, sorry, the chat is already upset. Uh, I don't hear the song that's playing uh so i don't know what song it is to let play uh because a lot of times it's uh, you know you could give me a heads up man you could totally give me a heads up be like yo could you just wait till the song's over and then i'll wait till the song's over i've got nowhere to be clearly <laughs> but to be fair i don't know that's why I, that's why i don't know when i'm not transmitting so <laughs> Feel free to give me a heads up at any time you want to give me a heads up. I, I'm hearing landscapers. This is a good time. This is a good time for me. Uh, to be fair, or no, full uh, transactional honesty, I am in a fair amount of abdominal pain um, on my left side. It does not feel like a kidney stone. But it is still possible because I did just have that procedure a few weeks ago. It's a little late for it to be uh, those remnants. Isn't remnants a great word, by the way? But it's a little late to be those remnants. I feel like it's more uh, gastrointestinal. Um, but it is affecting my ability to breathe. <laughs> so if I sound winded, that's why I can't take full deep breaths. And as a singer that's been practicing that for the better part of two decades uh it's a weird state to not to not uh, breathe i know breathing's important to everybody but to me but also me. uh so i'm probably going to keep the top 20 even short uh i might i might make the top 20 short today just so i can avoid big expenditures of just trying to breathe <laughs> because uh nobody wants to hear me gasping for air except people that don't like me so basically the majority of the audience i would imagine Uh, we do have some things to talk about. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Ukraine uh, and some things that I think are getting lost in the mix with people. I want to get to that. I want to talk about the Neon Skyline show this past Saturday uh, and some observations that I had for that. I also want to severely critique the party planners for only having uh, Miller Lite there. Like, dude. That's my own personal. And I have a problem with White Claw. Malt liquor, in, malt, malt liquor in general just tends to move my machinery along, if you know what I mean. So I didn't want any of that. But um, I have stuff from that. And then uh, I guess we can just sort of get to a little bit of housekeeping. There is a brand new Top 20 out today. I have really just got back into answering comments. I have been so busy and so behind on so many things that I just it fell by the wayside. I actually do... Um, uh, I try and do like some like the Wordle and Worldle and those kinds of games. I try and do them every day. Uh, it's you know it's it's um it's it's imp like my daughter does them all the time, and I like being part of that mix. Uh, and I just feel like I, I haven't even gotten to that. And that's as dumb as that sounds. It's super important to me to do those things, and I haven't even gotten there. So I'm sorry. Uh, it's mainly Bill that leaves comments. I, I will get there. Bill always makes really good points. Honestly. They're probably better points than anything I've said in this show. So if you actually want to hop up on StrangerHood TV and just read Bill's comments, they're probably going to give you more than the top 20 ever will. But I do try and at least read. I, do, I try and at least read what he says because it's usually poignant and it's information that either he's just agreeing with me on. So it's kind of uh, it's um, making uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like strengthening my own opinion. Or he raises ancillary ones. On occasion, he'll actually raise somewhat opposing points, which I love even more because, like, the thing that people just aren't really getting in this country is that, like, 
you can still learn, and it's good to learn, and people like me like to learn. That's generally speaking what makes me better than most people in the talking hemisphere because they're just talking about uh, what they want to talk about. Oh, and that's also something I wanted to mention. I did happen to catch the Rachel Maddow interview with Cass- Cassidy. No, Casey Cassidy Hutchinson is that her name? I'm drawing such a blank. I could not recommend it more, and I'll get into why I think that that is important too. But yeah, let's get to uh, get to those. There's a new top twenty out. Sorry, yeah, my breathing is just really super shallow. I can't. I'm trying to like elongate my torso, so it's not such a problem, but. I'm doing my best. It's uh, it's the mental health health boost. Do I have this right? I hope so. Who knows, honestly. Um, I might have grabbed or written the wrong one, but honestly, I don't know. Um, 9.14. What's today? <laughs> 9.28? Yeah. So 9.14 would be out on 9.21. Yeah. So it's the mental health boost. Talk about the good things in life. Also, uh, popping sounds. Lobsters, carrots, and Bugs Bunny, obviously. Um, so check that out. Uh, I, I strongly recommend doing that. Uh, there's a bunch of Strangerhood content. Uh, also, the next show for the for Rebel Nine in the local sandbox here is going to be at 10:27. Uh, that's a Friday, October 27th, just before Halloween. It's going to be at uh, Mr. Beery's. The lineup has been finalized. It's going to be Misfit Saints. And if you don't know who they they are, it's Carly and Mickey from Midnight Mob. They've rebranded a, a new band, and they're Misfit Saints. Uh, it's going to be Born of Scars, who you'll know, like Pete and Victoria, are like the main staples of there. Like anybody that used to go to KJ's for karaoke night knows Victoria. Uh, Rebel Nine, of course, is going to be there. We're going to be closing the show. But also, Bacon is my passion. If you were there Saturday night to catch the Neon Skyline, you actually got a glimpse of what Bacon is my passion looks like. We've probably all heard it because we've played it on this show before. But I don't know that anybody's ever seen it live including me and it's going to be a full band version from what mike and jimmy are gonna uh, mike and jimmy have been telling me so i don't know that it's a once in a lifetime kind of event maybe not but i do know it is not something that i have seen i mean i think the last time i heard about even a bacon is my passion sort of show i think matt was still alive so yeah so um and I'm not super, like, promote, like, get down there or you'll miss it forever. Like, honestly, at this point in my career, I just don't care anymore. I can't. I can't care anymore. It's just way too hard on me. Uh, but I will try and point out when I think something is worth checking out. And I think this is worth checking out because, yeah, like, when, you know, like, when we've done, like, some of those medleys and we've been like, this is, like, really the only time you're ever going to see something like this. When we did the diaries, we did all, all six songs in the diaries and medley. Uh, we did that 80s medley, like, that kind of stuff, like, when you're when you see stuff like that, and I tell you, like, yeah, this is not something we're going to do very often or at all ever. Like, that's that's kind of this. So I think the bacon is my passion uh, performance. I think is going to be something worth seeing because it's not something you can just up and see unless they decide to go full on with the band. But they've both got their own bands and they're kind of full time on the podcast at this point. So I just I don't know. I'm I'm only letting you know so you know. So that's that's that. Um, I don't know where I wanted to start. I mean, we could talk about Ukraine, but maybe we should just keep local. And it, there are other local shows going on. I do mean local to our particular sandbox. Like, I think Jake's got a show this coming week <clears throat> out at 89 North, but I don't know any of the other bands off the top of my head. And I'm definitely getting tired of trying to drag in other bands from other areas. I just keep getting turned down or just otherwise jerked around. So it's just not necessarily worth it. I am going to start working uh, for 2024 specifically with a couple bands that I've wanted to work with. And then we'll build the dates that way instead of going the other way, which is building a date and then trying to get bands on. I don't think I want to do that anymore. I'm tired of doing it for everybody. Like, it just let, let other people do it for me. Like, let other people invite me on a show. And then we'll kind of see how that goes because... Like I think I think I had said like last time the way it's shaping up like we have not been asked to be on a single show all year and that's not only does it suck for me like professionally but like it's not good for the band but it's also like what is that saying like like I'm putting on other shows <laughs> like I'm inviting people on and not getting invited onto theirs like that's I don't I don't want to keep doing that like it's it's too much work and honestly I don't I don't have the I don't have the conceit arrogance or confidence in my own whatever anymore like i just you know i feel those things and i'm tired of feeling them. so i think i'm probably just going to stop doing that so i'll be building shows if i'm going to play if i'm going to do it at all i'm going to be building shows with some sort of intention like that uh, later on and we'll just sort of see how that goes so uh, there are other local shows is my point 
Uh, but yeah, let's talk Neon Skyline because I thought it was actually a really, really good performance. It's a really nice place. I talked to Joey afterwards. He was not happy about some of the stuff that was going down administratively at the place. Uh, and I did tell him, like, in an uncharacteristic way, which is awesome because sometimes I can be this person when I'm not necessarily when I don't necessarily have skin in the game, right? Like, I didn't have I didn't have anything I was promoting. I wasn't, you know, there to be Rebel 9. I was literally there because I feel like I'm a functioning member of the scene and it's important for me to go to some of these shows. If I can make them, I can't make them all. So when I can, it's important for me to go to those shows. Plus, most of the bands in there are, like, my personal friends. It's important for me to go and support those things and yada, yada, yada. Um, but uh, it was good because since I didn't have any skin in the particular game, I was able to just offer up some quick perspective and I did tell him, I was like, listen man what you did here was really great it was really hard um, it, you know, it was, it was a it, you did something new, like kind of off the beaten path, you put it all together, you assembled all the bands, everyone delivered as far as I could tell, I don't know what the metrics and the goals were, but it looked like a, a good solid show, and on top of it they performed really well to a very satisfied audience. Yeah, maybe the beginning was a little rough. Maybe the end, uh, everybody getting ushered out was a little rough. Like, But that's not the stuff that people are going to really walk away from. You know, I think it was a good show. I think people enjoyed themselves. And I think you got a really good taste of um, the Neon Skyline and the new music that they were putting out, which, of course, is the entire purpose. And I know that... Um, so, uh, so I I have an insight into this because when Joey first started planning this, I I had you know I've already done the Diaries live right like that was that was what we did last year. We rented out a soundstage and you know we did drinks and food included and stuff like that. Like we did all of this already. So when Joey and I were first talking about it, Joey was at that show, so he got a he got a taste of like what it's supposed to look like, what it's supposed to feel like and all that other stuff. And then we sort of talked about like costs and expenses and some pitfalls that maybe, you know, me when I'm running stuff, I'm not going to announce to everybody, but like going, this is bad. This is bad. Like I'll tell my friends and stuff. Like if they ask like this, watch out for this. And we definitely had those conversations. So at the end of the show, when I went to actually not even congratulate him on the EP and the band's performance, like it really wasn't any of that. It was literally like as somebody that's put on a show that's very difficult at least one time in his life, I want to tell you, I thought you did a good job doing this. And he was definitely upset. He was mad about the odor. And I was just like, hey, man, just take a breath, take a beat, and just think about the really cool thing you just did. And I think it might have helped. I, I know he heard me, so maybe... Maybe it helped, but it was funny because I am not that person when I'm involved in the show. Like, it's these people didn't show up, my band did this, or you know what I mean? Like, there's other, there's so many other factors involved in when you're in a show, but like when you're just going to be there and you can just be maybe not impartial, but you can be like, hey man, this is what I saw and I thought it was good. I, you know, I was happy to be able to convey that to him, and I was, I want to say surprised, but I know I have the capacity, but I guess I was glad to see that I can still do that. Uh, you know, for my own humanity. So, I mean, if I'm blowing smoke up my own ass, then who cares? That's what I'm doing. Uh, I just, I thought it was a nice moment for all parties involved, and all parties involved were basically just me and Joey. <laughs> but I do think it was a good show. I think everybody enjoyed themselves. I think Craving did a really good job. I do think it was really funny that they went to the say it all, and Jimmy was like, this is going to be a little shorter version of that. Like, I'm still laughing at that a little bit. Because <laughs> now Jimmy is like really sort of harnessed the, the breakdown and say it all to basically, you know, give his I have a dream speech at any given show. And so it was like, well, I'm not going to do that today. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you're not. You're on a clock, man. So I knew the bands had to be done by like 11. So like, and the band, you know, the show ran a little bit late, but like, it was, it was pretty on point. It's amazing. It's amazing how on time you can be when you have to be out of a building by a certain time. <laughs> anyway, it was nice to see everybody. It looked like everybody had a good time. It was a nice and simple place. It's it's good to not be in a bar all the time. Like I mean, yeah, I mean, there's drinks and stuff like that, but it was it was clean. Like the bathrooms were nice, you know. So. It might be something we consider going forward. I know I've been toying with maybe, you know, stepping away from Beery's, uh, going to, like, the Village Pub, but I don't know. I think if we can do it, the, the problem is the cost of these sound stages really ramps up the cost of the ticket, and that that's a tough one. Like, when we did the diaries, like, the way we did it and how we did it and the hours that we needed, it was really, really expensive. Plus, we had the added expense of recording a live record. Like, we had people... 
we had like everybody that was there saw like there were people there act- actively recording it. There were people shooting video for it because when all is said and done, like it's going to be a live record. It's going to be a live video for another mistake, and it's going to be. It might end up being a little small documentary about Rebel Nine and kind of like where we're at now. Like I don't, I don't know that we're going to do that because honestly, and this, this is not self-deprecating at all. I don't think people care enough, honestly, about the band at this point. I just, I just don't. And I'm sorry if, if I don't mean to insult anybody. I just don't think people care enough about the band at this point that it warrants a documentary about the band. Um, I could change my mind on that, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see later on. But uh, um, so, like the expense of that, it was like it's a big deal. It's a big nut. And when we, when it was just us, like we didn't ask. Like we had Sam open. I didn't ask her to sell any tickets. So it was really just us. And it turned out to be a very bad weekend for a lot of graduation parties, and we got kind of screwed by that. So like I learned stuff, and maybe it's a possibility going forward, and maybe we'll do stuff like that in the future. But I don't know. I really, I, I like the idea of it. I like the idea of the whole thing. It was a very comfortable show. It was a very chill show. Like, I liked all of that. Um, so, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll talk to Joe. Maybe it's something we'll do later on. Uh, or not. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know that I care, honestly, at this point. But maybe by next year I will. Um, so, I did want to take just a quick second. I wanted to take a lot longer to talk about uh, Ukraine because I think it's something that I just want people to know. Especially because a lot of people that are like-minded with me, um, you know, are, are, are definitely down for supporting of Ukraine. And I think most of that is because people that are like-minded with me are seeing something that's wrong in the world. And that that's not the least of it, right? Like for all the talking points and all the other stuff, like nobody really except Russia, nobody really disagrees or or you know is not Dispute, and nobody's disputing that Russia invaded a sovereign nation. Now, Russia says Ukrainians were like trying to overflow, overflow, overthrow Russia, and they were doing something. I would argue that if Ukraine was really trying to do that, they would have done it already. They didn't. They can't. They don't have the capability. Without, without the you know influx of cash and weapons from the Western world, they really have, they would they would have been crushed already. They they have an amazing spirit because it's incredible what you can do when you're defending your homeland for sure. But I think they would have been crushed if, if it wasn't for the Western world stepping in. So I think we all agree. I think the problem is is that a lot of people are like it's not our problem. Okay, and this is funny because like I, I see like I'm very rarely on social media anymore other than to just change my cover fo- cover photo. But I saw today it's like it was a picture of the United States and some douche was like this is where my you know this is where my tax dollars should go. And it's like yeah I understand that if you're a selfish cunt that's exactly where they should go. But like it. To me, it basically just, it's it saves me the money of having to administer you an IQ test, right? Because I know how, you know, it's one of two things. Either you're a complete moron and you just don't understand how international geopolitics work, which is, okay. You don't have to understand how they work, but to make a statement like that is the part that makes you a complete moron. But the more dangerous thing is that the people that know what it is and know why, you know, it's important, and they say to not step in and help Ukraine, those are the ones that are dangerous. And the reason I know that is because history repeats itself. And I have read and studied a lot of history. And we're not even talking about a lot of really far away history. I mean, just for starters, I mean, the whole period b- before World War One, our isolationist period is called our isolationist period. We tried to just rein everything in and just focus on America. And you know what happened? World War One happened. Right now, we were not the superpower yet. I mean, we were well on our way, but we weren't really the superpower that we were going to become. Our last war before that really was the Spanish-American War with the sinking of the USS Maine and Cuba, and we demolished them. We did, we destroyed them, and we became a major player. And we were like, well, let's not spend all of our money on that. And we became very isolationist. And then World War One happened, and then we had to enter it eventually. And that was way more costly. You guys remember, like the war to end all wars? Like that's kind of a big deal. Like that's a big phrase that has stuck for a hundred years. It is a big deal. It was a big investment in time and manpower and resources and lives and all that, right? And that's the cost of isolating. Uh, even as more recently, when we kind of like handsed off the Middle East there for a little while, kind of in the late 1990s, remember Clinton was getting, well, you probably don't, but Clinton was getting a lot of crap from a lot of Republicans for like 
stepping into like all these camps that were going on like in Sudan and Afghanistan and Yemen and stuff like that. And they wanted to pull back. They didn't want us dragged into something like that. Everybody was afraid of, you know, getting into a, you know, like another Vietnam or whatever and all that other stuff. Like we had done the, the, the first Gulf War and it was a little, you know, okay, we smacked them back into place. By the way, a Republican knew that when Iraq evaded Kuwait, we just needed to knock them back in, kind of like a Russian invading Ukraine, but that's neither here nor there. But the last time we started being a little bit more isolated like that, We've got 3,000 people killed in New York City because we weren't paying attention because we weren't using our global influence properly. So that was the last time. But I will tell you, the time in the middle that becomes the most important, and this is where history repeating itself kind of comes in. If you want to follow and you are interested in this, like I want you to do some serious Googling. And I know that that's not research, but it's so obvious and so readily available that you can do that anyway. If you want to do that, what you do is you, you Google pre-World War II America, Nazis and America First. And the whole America First movement, which still exists today, by the way, they were the ones that did not want to get involved in what was going on in Europe. They kept saying, like, it's let's just put America first. Let's just do what we wanted. Like, let's take care of us. Let's take care of our people. Let's do all these things. But, like, let's not involve ourselves so much in what's going on in Europe. And the reason they were doing that on its face is because we want to be just more pro-American about us. But the actual reason they were doing that, and they have documents to prove it now because they've been released, is because they were pro-Nazis, and they were fine with it. They had absolutely no problem with a strong Germany and a strong Hitler taking over most of Europe because they wanted to be allies with them. They thought the Germans had the right thing, and they didn't really care so much about the extermination of the Jews, the Poles, and the Russians. They didn't. They, they thought a strong Germany would make for a good ally. And... They also happen to be anti-Semitic as F, so it seemed like it was going to be a good idea. And if you don't believe me, like, that's really fine. Like, I'm right, so I don't need you to believe me. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're we talk about sometimes, like, these objective truths. Things are just true whether you believe them or not. You don't need to believe it. I don't need to believe it. It happens to be true. You know, the earth goes around the sun. Believe it or not, changes nothing. People in the American first, America First movement, the, the conservative wing of the political parties in pre-World War II America were pro-Nazis. They had Nazis on payroll. They were reading Nazi propaganda on the floor of the House and the Senate. This is all true. It's all knowable. You can Google it if you want. Rachel Maddow has a really, really good project uh, uh, podcast called Ultra. I think it's like a six-episode podcast. It'll tell you absolutely everything you need to know. And the reason it's important is because it's exactly what's going on now. If you see somebody that is anti-Ukraine and truly does not believe we should be putting any resources or any money into defending a country that just got invaded by another country, then you're either completely incapable of understanding geopolitics or you're pro-Putin. So take a look around you and see who's saying what. See why they're saying it. Because Ukraine's an important place. It's the breadbasket of Europe. Gas runs through there. Pipelines run through there. Oil. Like I said, like wheat, food. It's huge. It is super important. It's also bordering all of the NATO countries right there. And if you think pulling out right now and just letting that fall and letting Russia have Ukraine is going to satisfy somebody like Putin, you're terribly mistaken. And the very next thing that's going to happen is Putin is going to take on one of those NATO countries. And guess what the articles of NATO say? If they so much as attack Poland once, we are at war with Russia. It's the treaty. We signed it in good faith. They attack Sweden. They attack Finland. They attack Norway. They attack any of those NATO countries. They attack Germany. We're at war. We're at World War III. So would you rather ship money and weapons that we have in the defense budget? We're not pulling this money out of our ass. It's already allocated for in the defense budgets. We're just moving it to Ukraine instead of moving it to Okinawa or whatever. Or buying another F-16. So if you think it makes more sense to just put our head in the sand while this happens and just wait for when we're at another world war and we have people that get drafted to be in this war, or we have intercontinental ballistic missiles that are hitting our shores, because that's how that goes. That's how war is. 
Never see War Games? It's that. But Matthew Broderick is way older now. And that's that's unfortunate. So think about that. As you see people talking their nonsense straight out of their ass, try and figure out what it is they're trying to say. Are they just stupid and don't understand? Like, then you can educate them. Maybe. But are they being malicious about this? Do you think it's a good idea that Russia invaded Ukraine? Probably. That bothers me. That bothers me a lot. I would almost become a prophet of rage about it if I just didn't have that song up. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. Not that I ever actually need a reason to play Cheap Trick, but I was definitely just very much in the mood for it for no reason whatsoever this morning. And there you go, a little dream police. Don't worry, I got brand new stuff too. I've got this whole Beartooth Hardy thing happening. This is awesome. Hard. Rock. Lunch. Box. fun song about wanting to die from our very own Kate Ortiz, formerly Affection. Uh, yeah, a little happy song about dying. What's wrong, what's wrong with that? <laughs> you know what's not a happy song about dying? The brand new Sum 41 song. It is, however, an incredibly good punk song. And it's nice to see that even as they just wind down, they're just still throwing up like just three, nothing but three-pointers. Four, Four-pointers even. I said it right here on the box. Hard Rock Lunch I literally just spent the entire last song trying to figure out, quote, what the hell is that smell in here? And I know everybody's done that. Like, what is that? What is that smell? (laughs) That's all right. I know what that smell is now because I I looked and I have my basement window open because it was crisp and cool this morning and I forgot I opened it. So I wanted to open it just to cool the place off for work. And my neighbors have done their... their, uh, yeah, my neighbors mowed their lawn, and then it started raining, and what I'm smelling is September mowed lawn. Yeah. Which is a mix of just grass and dirt. It's not even like summer, you know, summer grass. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, mow the lawn. Like, you can still hear. I don't know if you can. Wait. I don't know if you can hear the lawnmower, but the window's still open. So all I'm getting is dirt. They're basically mowing mud out there, people. <laughs> but, of course, somebody's got to do it. I will say, I, I wasn't planning on playing Skindred next, but I just saw, you know, the title is Give Me That Boom, and all I could think of was the, t- the time. The cue was like, man, somebody just give the guy this boom, man. He'd been asking and asking, and I just started laughing, and I don't know. Maybe you will, too. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man. So just sort of talking back and forth here in the chat about some of the 
problems that might uh, be affecting some of the venues that we're looking to be playing at. Yeah, I, I really, I'm really kind of all over the place with that because it just I'm I'm I know what I like, and I know the venues that I liked to play at before. I mean, uh, you know, just just even in terms of like for doing like a big full on live show, like I really like playing a Revolution. I know that sounds stupid. Uh, like, cause why wouldn't you? But like, we really had it down. Do you know what I mean? It was really well, and we could play bigger venues, and that was a wasn't a problem. And even like the rail was good. Um, but we were talking. I think I was talking to Stefan from I Ignite, formerly from I Ignite, about like even flow and just like, yeah, it wasn't the greatest setup, but it really was very good. So those were a really good place to have a show. KJ's was very much the same. Like it's a, it's a good visual and was a good place sound wise to have a show. It wasn't always the best way to have a show. There really wasn't anything locally quite like, um, quite like Revolution. And but for KJ's, the unplug, the intimacy of the unplug shows were just perfect. And I didn't mind playing. And of course, I didn't mind. I enjoyed playing the other places uh, when we could because they were fun to play. And now I feel like I'm just on this constant search. For something else, like something, something that's going to be like a good place to play at, kind of like all the time, and I just don't have it. And when I complain about like how difficult it is trying to put all these shows on, like that's still factoring in my brain. It's like how goddamn hard are you going to work for something you don't even really want? Like that's a big, that's a big question. Like seriously, how hard are you going to work for something that you don't really want to do? Like it's just, it's a, it's. It's a big ask. I mean, I do like the I do like the Barry shows. I feel like it's our it's our new even flow, and I'm fine with that. It's comfortable. People enjoy it. Like as dumb as it sounds, there's a great big parking lot, so there's no problems like that. I mean, one of the things I know about One Eye Jacks and now Nostalgia, it's like the parking is next to impossible. Like it just really is next to impossible. But like, has anybody ever really had a problem parking at Barry's? Like I don't think so. I mean, there's just thousands of spaces. Because, you know, it shares that lot. Like, even... The, and the bathrooms there are... They're good. I mean, they're not disgusting like Amityville Music Hall. They're not maybe as nice as, like, the... You know, the Elite Sound Studios. But, like, they're... Like, it's... It's good. And it's okay. And I will say that... Stefan was saying that the Christmas show that I put on... When a farewell fire played, he said... That was, like, his favorite show. Like, one of his favorite shows, maybe ever... Uh, because it was just like all hanging out and it's like it was the closest we came and and Mikey, Jimmy and I had talked about it at the time but it was the closest we came post-COVID to what are we all doing and why are we all doing it and where are we doing it like that was the closest we came to that sort of like we're all here because we're all here and that's you know kind of kind of something important and I'm trying to get that back and I'm not slamming anybody by saying this but I'm, I'm not getting any seen help from anyone in terms of trying to rebuild that I feel very alone in that effort and uh, you know and and not that people aren't suggesting like thank you like and that that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about actually making it happen I think the closest we've come since then might have been the neon skyline show but it was definitely a not a full the scene sort of thing because it just wasn't Um, I think I liked Oh, I meant to pull some music from them, from um, the Lunacy Commission. Um, I meant to do that and didn't. I'll grab that for next week. Like, I don't know them, so maybe they could be an entity that we bring in. And I'm not opposed to bringing in new people. Like, it's one of the things I try and do. It's a, one of the things I really tried to do this time out. It's actually one of the reasons that Misfits, Misfit Saints is going to be on the show. Because even though we all know Mickey and Carly, like, very few people have seen Misfit Saints since it kind of rebranded like that. So that's going to be like kind of that new thing. But I was just talking about like a straight up just sort of sandbox show, which is exactly what we had done at the Christmas show. It was, you know, it's Mikey's band. It was a farewell fire. It was craving. It was us. Like that's, you know, it's pretty good. It's pretty good if you can get your hands on that ticket. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to stop talking. Uh, it's time for Mel's musical moment. Uh, she picked a good one this week. So I think if you're uh, in the pop punk sort of era, uh, genre sort of arena you want to hear something like that and you feel like being a little sadder today well don't worry man we've got you covered on the box hard rock lunch box oh 
All right, so totally, total real talk, total full honesty, all that stuff. I have no I, no recollection of this next song at all. So, I don't know. I added it. I don't remember adding it. I, I, I worked with Jack Kennedy. I knew Jack Kennedy. Nobody remembers that joke. Uh, the band is called While She Sleeps. The song is called Self Hell. I mean... It lines up, right? That that tracks with something I would like. So uh, you want to just want to find out together? Yeah, okay, let's do that. Hard rock lunch box. Man, it is so weird sometimes listening to Beck. It's like you hear elements of like what is completely and utterly genius, and then you also hear elements of like what the hell just happened there. <laughs> I think it's what I like so much about like bands like the White Stripes, and even when Jack White wants good juice do his own stuff like you just hear genius all over it and then every now and then it's like okay yeah no i hear the genius but what's this other (laughs) what's this other thing that's happening i think it's just that experimentation which is probably what made them great as opposed to me which makes me (laughs) play things safely I'm definitely, my pain level for those of you playing at home is a six. So anybody that's got a six, it's time, I guess, to drink. Uh, But it is definitely affecting my breath. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep playing. I've been really been digging the new song from the world alive. So uh, if you're a fan of the band, boy, are you in the right place. Hard Rock Lunch Box. And see, it's songs like that that is the absolute purpose of Discover Weekly on uh, on Spotify. I do not get a lot of material from there, but every now and then I get those songs. It's like, oh yeah, tell me about that. Now, I don't know if I'm going to... Well, I was going to say, I don't know if I'm going to continue that, right? Because I've been so reliant on Release Radar for this show over the years, uh, over the past 10 years, right? So I wonder if I'll just... I was thinking I'll probably just utilize or go through or exhaust everything in discover weekly but my musical chase my musical tastes have changed over the years so a song like that that i do remember like i wasn't so thrilled about it like it's definitely catching my ear a little bit more right now and that's cool so but like i'm just sort of thinking out loud why on earth i would be uh listening to discover weekly going forward once i hear all the music but i'll never hear all of the music and now we've come full circle and i have figured myself out so as I said, Saturday night, this past Saturday night, was the EP release party for uh, the Neon Skyline's new EP, Hi, I'm Fine, I think is the name of it. I think I'm fine, or whatever. I don't know, something like that. It's the Neon Skyline. It's the goddamn glitter band. That's all you really need to know about anything. And what I find interesting about the band and the music is because it's like this subgenre and not a very popular one, I might add, uh, or not a very current one. It's popular, it's not very current, uh, is that... Um, I like having that sort of eclectic kind of thing, like in and around my orbit, right? Like I like listening to the things that are new to me, whether or not they're new musically or old is irrelevant, but they're new to me. So I was listening to it, uh, like with a real ear of like, mm-hmm, yep, yep, I like that. I like that part. I don't like that part so much, or I feel like that part's been done. I mean, because to be perfectly honest, there's a lot, and I've been, and I've said this right to Joey's face via text. There's a lot of what the Neon Skyline does that really just reminds me of whatever that motorcycle scene in Top Gun was, because that's the right music for that scene. And there's only so many times, but I will say, if Joey's listening, it would be the funniest thing on earth for me if you just released video after video after video of that same motorcycle scene being the scene for your music, much like every time Paul Rudd used to go on the Conan show and just show that same clip for for the movie. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, do look up Paul Rudd and Conan O'Brien movie clip because it is just it is so funny to just sort of watch those in a um, in a in a grouping like that. Just you know, ten minutes of your day, totally totally worth it. But there was one song very specifically, and I actually had to go and find it on the EP because it sort of stood out to me. And of course, it is the way uh, it's the way she sings it. I mean, the music's good. The band, like, there is no question that the band is good and that the music is good. There is also no question that it's a very specific genre. I used to talk about this when I would play the band Station all the time. The Station is just a fantastically good band uh, from the you know, and they're just doing they're doing current music, current 
apparently they're doing music that should have been at the end of the 80s during the arena rock area. But they were awesome at it. And it was still new music and all that other good stuff. So, so Neon Skyland is definitely doing that. It's a point in time and they're just sort of redoing it as if they were there during, like, I guess the late 80s, you know, when Gary Newman was doing stuff and Flock of Seagulls. Like, I'm not entirely sure where it is, but I know it's not happening right now unless there's some sort of resurgence and you know, I, I know very little about what's going to Perfect But I did really like this song specifically. There was something in the way Julia sings it that I really liked it. Now, I'm going to refrain from saying that her voice sounds like anything because, quite frankly, I'm tired I'm tired, tired of hearing about it. God damn it. I said one thing. I kind of meant it, but I didn't mean it the way everybody took it, and that's fine. I think she sounds very Stevie Nicks, and I'm very happy with that, and I will fight you if you think she isn't. That's cool. But, uh... We can do that all day long. But Starry-Eyed, my favorite song from them currently. And uh, Julia and the Neon Skylines. <laughs> i got to come up with a better name. On the box.
Hard Rock Lunch Box. Man, it is so hard to not like a good pink song. <laughs> so remember, I don't know, however many years ago, or maybe they're still doing, I really don't know. Uh, so they we used to do Pop Goes Punk. I play a lot of like A Day to Remember and even We Came as Romans because everybody covered like, you know, um, Taylor Swift and stuff. And like, she's got really good songs. And if you cover them by really good bands, you're like, oh, damn, we got, <laughs> you know, and even when A Day to Remember did um, uh, Kelly Clarkson's um, Since You've Been Gone, which I think is one of the greatest. And even when they did The Fray, by the way. Uh, but anyway, so apparently there's a pop goes pop punk goes reggae, so I guess it's just like one thing removed and six degrees of separation or whatever. But it brought in uh, a little bit from um, from Ballyhoo, who I absolutely love, especially when they go reggae. But really, when they go reggae and punk, and I just couldn't help myself. I'm sorry. Hard rock lunch box. Oh, man, I'm scrolling through to find, like, cool stuff to play, and I keep finding cool stuff to play. It's really messing me up. I haven't heard this one in, I got, I don't even know how long. One. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'd really like to tell you that I'm here to play some new music from Craving Strange, but I simply cannot do that. I don't think it's a personal thing, and, like, Jimmy's just not sending me new music. I think it's basically that they hate all of you, and they don't want me to have it because they know I'll play it for you. Now, this is just a working theory. I don't know for sure. But they played so much new music at the show on Saturday night, I feel like we all got a little bit chipped off coming to my show on Thursday because we don't get to hear any of it. My current favorite. I know they, they did... Um, the name of that Hi there. Um, drawing a blank. But Not Another Roxanne is my favorite one of the batch of the new bunch, and I think that they're working on it, on that in the studio. My producer, Dave, who's also their producer, has been awfully tight-lipped about it. By tight-lipped, I mean I haven't asked him, so he hasn't answered. And that's okay, too, because we all have our lives to live. <laughs> but in the meantime... Since I did appreciate that Jimmy did realize that there was a hard out on the show and he didn't go into his, uh, you know, I have a dream speech and uh, say it all, I figured I'd give you another little taste of it because we only had like roughly one third of the usual amount of it. So here's your weekly Craving of the Week with Craving Strange. Say it all.
sing like complicated like while it was on. The show really has been on for way too long. Way, way too long. You know when you talk about like term limits and the, you know, the House of Representatives and Senate? Like we need term limits here on the Hard Rock Lunchbox. We need to hire a junior senator from the hard, from the box. Man. I almost forgot to get another song ready because I was, I was busy totally effing around. But yeah, man, I think what I'm going to do at the next show, I might just break into, like, say it all just so I can start saying shit, and then I'll go back into whatever song I was playing. <laughs> hey, man, making my own fun every week, Thursdays from noon to two, right? I want to thank you guys all for stopping by and joining everybody here, which is basically me and the pain in my chest here, or my abdomen, whatever that is. I'll let you know if uh, something gets serious, or I'll just from the hospital, but I think I'm doing all right. It's just all kind of crampy right now, so I'm just going to, like, tough it out, be a man, be a man, take some Pepto-Bismol or whatever. I don't honestly think that's going to work, so I'm not going to do that, but uh, thank you guys all for just spending some of your day with the box. It's fun when we get to do this all together. That's what makes it fun, so thank you guys so much, and I hope to see you all again next week. Have yourself a great weekend. Sunday is going to be the nicer day of the two. Hurricanes will be back at back at back at it out in the soccer field around four o'clock in deer park we are one and one so far this season so it's looking pretty good i know everybody was wondering so i figured i'd let you know it's time for you to enjoy your day and i can send you off pat you on the head just a little pat on the back with uh, with this beauty right here but have yourself a great time and thanks everybody i really do appreciate you even if it doesn't always seem like it see you next week on the box hard rock lunch box